Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Good morning, good morning, good morning, rise and shine. You're on with due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So. Where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday was, wow, Wednesday. And we started off with our girlfriend Vivian and her socially conscious segment. Well, we talked about the J.P. Morgan Chase situation where the customer had someone go in to the branch and provide some level of ID and was asked for their social security number and although there was one number off, he was still allowed to take money out of an account that wasn't his and the individual who was the J.P. Morgan Chase customer, uh, is negative $30,000. But here's the kicker. Not only did you allow someone to come in and fortunately withdraw $30,000 out of this individual's uh, bank account, but... Mm, they won't even give him his money back. Nope, nope, and nope, nope, nope. Not even insured by FDIC. Yeah. He won't even get his money back, and he's been fighting. And the ladies say, oh, we would be going to war. Yeah. Them, me, and anybody else. I know because they should be held ultimately responsible for this man not having $30,000 in his bank account because one of your tellers literally handed his money over to a fake him. Yeah, so he is still trying to get 
his money back. Well, we also heard from Vivian that educators are pushing for phones to be banned from school altogether. Not only are they having problems with the teenagers, not only are they having problems with the middle schoolers, they are having problems with the kindergartners. Yes, they are having a difficult time policing the phones when it comes to the babies. Yes, and they're really resenting this because they said, listen, this is not our job. We're here to educate, and we're not going to go through this power struggle and worry about confiscating these phones. And, you know, when we've tried to do this before, we end up uh, being violently attacked as well as all that other problems. So, you know, we came up with some, with some ideas as to, you know, how we're going to handle this situation. Now, we know that they don't hear our advice. No. But uh, you can go back and listen to some of the suggestions that we made to, you know, hopefully get rid of this particular Now, the ladies had an extended conversation yesterday about the non-negotiables for life. And one non-negotiable, seek God, not sin. Now, you know, all of our non-negotiables were kind of like Saying the same thing, you know, you know, in actuality, but just a different angle. So when we started with see God and not sin, you know, it was pretty, pretty, pretty simple. You know, if you seek the Lord first, anything you want will be added unto you. You won't have to worry about being sinful because God will be the focus of your life because there are literally people out here who actually do seek to be sinful. Yeah. Yeah, that was in closing out, closing out, closing out. It's actually true. Yes. So, hey, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is what, you know, some people focus on. They just haven't graduated to where they are yet. Now, another one was love God and not the world. You know, I have to honestly tell you that as I watch people of God these days, I'm really trying to figure out, what is your goal? If you say you're on the Lord's side, then you really got to come from out of the world's way. You know, we can be in the world, but we surely don't have to be of the world. And unfortunately, we're not doing the greatest job of showing that we're not on that side of the fence. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to differentiate who's on the Lord's side and who's just existing. Okay? So, I don't know. I don't know. 
So those are just a couple of our, you know, non-negotiables yesterday. Now, we did have our faith overfear with our Pastor Charlotte, and we just kept it in line with the non-negotiables of life. Fear God, not men. And, you know, we... We just had our switch tip last week. Not last week, the other day. The other day. And it was right in line with this particular switch tip. And, hmm, you know, we can't look at God and shaking in our boots for the wrong reason. You know, we still have to be fearful God in a reverent way. You know, we really don't want to, you know, end up, you know, shaking and, and running from God and, you know, because that would really mess up our relationship with him. Yes. You know, we really need to not fear God the way we fear man. And then on the flip side of that, some of us don't fear God enough. That we treat God like man. Like we get away from him. You know, we hide long enough so we can, uh, you know, pretend like our sins don't exist and God does not see our sins. So we really need to keep that in its proper perspective and make sure that, you know, you do what you need to do when it comes to. God. So we did have our faith as a faith segment with our Pastor Charlotte and uh, a nice way to top off and cap off our Wednesday. Okay? All right. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday. And this is the day we talk about our health whether it's our physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, financial, any kind of, you know, health that we choose to. And you know how we do over here on Thursday. It could be anything going on. So we're going to see what God has for us today as we get our little talk on. And I'm inviting you to join us today, and I'm going to get us started. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's tea time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right Juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, or really what we call juvenile inflammatory arthritis now, or idiopathic inflammatory arthritis, is uh, can be several different conditions. There's actually three major conditions that we that we see in that uh, age group, and basically they're swollen joints, uh, stiff joints, 
uh, redness or inflammation around joints. If a kid has something like that and it persists uh, for more than a few days, uh, then that's something that really ought to be checked out. There's excellent treatments available and they can prevent long-term problems. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday, the day we uh, talk about our health. And hmm, it could be any of our health. Uh, Anything about our health, I should say. And, you know, I like therapeutic Thursday because you just don't know, you know, what's going to happen. And I give God thanks. And God has really done a wonderful thing by introducing us to today. It's July 6th. We are officially into the second half of the year. Where did the first half go? Well, I want to take some time to remind you that on July 29th, God spares our life, we will be having the first, the first Breaking the Yoke Women's Conference. We're not doing that. That's our Model. Yeah, you know, we have so many things that plague us as women, and, you know, it's it's a deteriorating situation across the board. No matter what we, you know, what we focus on, who we're talking to, no matter where you live, no matter what your age is, yeah, it's pretty deep. So God has gathered 20 of the most powerful women of God on one platform. It's going to be eight hours of power so we can minister to all you know, parties that attend. Really, really looking forward to it. So I want you to make sure you join us. So if you would like to be a part of this monumental movement, make sure you hit us up, you know. Check out our Facebook page. Coach for Christian Life, check out our Instagram page, 
Coach for Christian Life. And uh, see how you can get your discounted tickets. They're not going to be discounted for very long. We're rapidly approaching the date, and we are really going to be in for a treat because we have some of your favorite dupe timers. We have our Elder Natisha Moore. We have our Pastor Charlene Beard. We have our girl, Shantice. We have our Pastor Kim. So, woo, we got some of our guests who have been on It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. So you're really going to be in for a treat. I don't want you to miss it. All right, so it's a mere $30, and like I said, it's going to be eight hours of power. You don't want to not be in the house. I promise you, I promise you, and I promise you again. All right? All righty. Well, I came across. A, I came across an article that I thought was really interesting to introduce our health segment this morning, and the topic is from our flight attendants. <laughs> Excuse me, our flight attendants are telling us about the food and drink that we should avoid when we are on a plane. And I thought this was really interesting as it's the summertime and we are traveling and, you know, an airplane is the quickest way to get to your destination based on where you're going. And you may be bound to eat or drink any of these items, and the scary part is you may have already eaten or drank any of these products. Well, one of the first things you know I was about to die, water. They say although the bottled water is fine, tap water should be, you should have some, uh, skepticism, and they say it all comes down to how often the pipes are cleaned. Now, they say tap water is also used for coffee and tea. Ah. So, they say that in the United States, we don't have that big of a problem, but across the country, other countries don't have the same regulations about cleaning the pipes. Excuse me. So they say in one 2019 study ranked 11 major and 12 regional airlines in terms of water quality, looking at factors like whether E. coli or coliform was present. Now, they say it didn't really 
detail how often the pipes were being cleaned across those carriers. But a study found that Alaska Airlines, as well as Allegiant Air, offered the safest water. Are you ready for this? JetBlue and Spirit Air rent the last. Okay. Mm. Oh boy. So they say most flight attendants won't drink the tap water, coffee or tea. And um they'd rather dehydrate. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness gracious. So they're suggesting that we avoid salty snacks like nuts and peanuts. That way you're not, you know, prone to drink the water. So you can find out the bottled water is available. And if it is, drink up because it's not coming from the tap. And considering that you can buy that $20 bottle (laughs) of water when you are in the airport, yeah, you might want to buy that twenty dollars bottle, $20 bottle of water. At least you won't get sick. All right. Something else they say to avoid: steaks and fillets. Yeah. So the flight attendants are saying stay away from eating steaks and fillets because of how they're prepared, especially. If they're because they're always they're almost always overcooked. They say the ovens are only so big, and there's only so much food that can fit in it. Now that's from a Delta Airlines flight attendant, and he's saying if you're particular about how your steak should be prepared, don't eat it. They say, in general, dishes like steaks and fillets should properly should be properly heated to avoid any risk of poisoning. All right. Now, listen, I always say you can get better than the advice of, you know, these people who are on the job. So I'm taking this very seriously. All right. They say be careful of alcohol while on a flight because they say dehydration can also be an issue for passengers who consume alcohol. They say the alcohol affects your body negatively when in high altitude. So they say that hypoxia is really common which is related to low levels of oxygen in the body tissue. Now, they say the barometric pressure in the cabin of a plane is lower than it normally is when it's in high altitudes. And they say this decreased pressure means that the body finds it harder to absorb oxygen and this can produce a lightheadedness of hypoxia or hypoxia. 
So they say, in other words, the lower level of oxygen in your blood means that you may seem more drunk in the air than you would on the ground after consuming the same amount of alcohol. So if you're having a drink on ice, you've got one more thing to think about. The ice was probably made with the same tap water that they're telling us to avoid. Ooh, baby. Oh, my. Now, it, it amazes me. If this is the kind of effect that you could possibly have while drinking alcohol on a flight, why would they even offer it? I don't know. I don't know. Well, one of the other things they're telling us to avoid while on a plane Entrees in general, they say, according to a German study commissioned by Lufthansa, you know that carrier, that air, you know that airline, over a decade ago, they say factors like low pressure can cause certain foods to taste less intense among airline passengers, which is why aviation catering companies heavily salt their food. Wow. Man, we are learning some stuff today. So they say pasta and soups are usually high in sodium, and it's also some Indian meals fall in the category because they have no meat but a higher salt content. They say any kind of sandwich with deli meat inside of it probably has high levels of salt as well. They say that a registered dietitian in New Jersey says that because of pressure shifts, some people retain water during a flight. So something overly processed or too high in sodium might exacerbate dehydration-related headaches, constipation, or fatigue. They say try some electrolyte tablets or coconut water to help with hydration. Or try whole foods like veggies and fruit or lean protein to help you feel your best. Wow. Well, I guess we're kind of lucky that, you know, or blessed that most of our flights don't contain food. So you got to do is make sure you get that, either that soda or that bottled water and you'll be all right. Mm. Well, they say cheese trays. You need to uh, be very leery of. They say if you order a cheese tray on a plane hoping for a delicious suggestion, you're likely going to be disappointed. They say that options served in the air are processed cheeses that don't require refrigeration. So they say stay away from cheese trays as they're not too fresh. They're made of cheese, but they're basically shelf-stable products. They say in general, anything that needs refrigeration may not be very fresh was served on a plane, and they add that although um, they indulge in some of the foods 
at times because they really don't have much of a choice. They say they don't like it. Okay. Now they do say that you know most of the foods go through an extensive regulatory process before being served on a plane. But if you are a flight attendant, you kind of know the little skinny on the real deal, how things are really going down. Okay? So I really thought that that was really um, interesting. I also read some of the comments. And we have one person says that they normally avoid the little plastic containers of syrup that comes with the breakfast entrees. And they say because those things are packaged at sea level pressures. And at flight altitudes, the pressure inside the plane is less than when they were packed. So they generally stay away from all of that as well. You have another one, another writer who says the ice is not made on the plane and the planes are catered with bags of ice. And that would make a lot of sense to me because, you know, if you have one of the smaller planes, where are they going to make ice at? You know, you ain't got no room for no ice maker. Now, maybe some of the larger, um, you know, planes, they may have, you know, little ice makers and things like that. But definitely, you know, not any one of these smaller, you know. Hmm. What else are they saying? They say... Generally, eat before you board the plane, and, you know, you'll probably do a lot better. My thing is, and this is a personal thing, my thing is we're quite blessed to be able to bring food on your flight. Yeah, you really, as of now, you can still bring your own food. So my thing is, listen, make your own food. You know how it's preserved. You know, you know, how it's prepared. You know what it is. You know your own dietary needs as well as restrictions. So, you know, do your thing. You can bring food on a plane. Food will go through TSA. They don't give you a real problem. You cannot bring a beverage on. That's their not playing. And, because most bombs and things like that can, um, you know, they can be manufactured from liquid. So they don't allow you to bring, you know, beverage on. You have to definitely get rid of that before you actually go through the checkpoint. But as far as food, the only thing they have thrown out is like, I think one time I had processed cheese in a can. You know the one you squeeze out on the cracker, yet you can't have that. Like stuff like that. But listen, sandwiches, chicken, fried chicken, um, 
Yeah, they do not really forbid you to bring any food. Very, very, very little. And, you know, I don't suggest eating fast food, but, you know, the airports are full with fast food restaurants. So if you want to do that, you can do that. But after, you know, hearing this, I would sooner either I would just prepare my own food and just take it. Like I said, most of us are not traveling very far anyway. You know, you may have that layover, you know, situation. And listen, we've taken great <laughs> Yes, they allow you to bring fruit. We've taken great all kinds of cookies, potato chips, candy, pretzels, sandwiches. Yes, I have had my fried chicken. Yeah, I do it. Talk about me if you want to. I know what I mean. Um, yeah. We've had heroes that you go to your corner store or your supermarket and get them to make you a hero or you make your own hero. Yes, we have had it. And it goes through TSA. I know one time I was traveling with KL, Pastor KL, and we had Jimmy John's. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Jimmy John's, but Jimmy John's is like a Subway or Blimpies, you know, one of those sandwich restaurants. And they have Jimmy John's actually in the airport. So, you know, if you want, you can get it there. But, yeah, they let you have almost any food on on your flight. So, you know, you don't have to really worry about that. Pack your own bag. Pack your own bag and don't worry about it. But I thought that was really interesting coming from the flight attendants themselves. All right? Well, what are we talking about today? Well, speaking of health, there's a story, and maybe some of you have heard of this already because this is a little old. I had you know, I went back and I dug up some of my old news that I had not actually gone over with you all. And this story talks about a groom and his wedding. So, out in Nebraska, Mr. Davis, who's 48, had just wed Johnny Mae Davis. But unfortunately, there was a tragedy. After the couple were married, they went outside of the church to take some pictures. And Mr. Davis collapsed after his heart stopped beating due to a fatal blood clot. And unfortunately, he didn't survive. And this took place right in front of the couple's children, their family and friends who had all attended the wedding. And they say that those who were closest to him, that this was the happiest day of his life. And they say that you could just see the smile on his face and how happy he was. And... They are devastated because um, 
you know, the biggest event of his life. He did not survive to even enjoy it. So I thought that was interesting um, on a day like today where we're talking about our health. And this is why the Bible tells us to always say, you know, God's willing, you know, make our plans, but always say God's willing because we don't know what we're going to, you know, live through. We always say God spares life. Um, so that was really sad. Now, here's another interesting story. And they say <laughs> in India, they handle things quite differently than we handle here. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta appreciate how people do things. So they say that during the wedding, during this Indian wedding, that there was a woman who collapsed And she suffered a heart attack during the wedding. During the wedding. It wasn't like Mr. Davis afterwards. Well, a doctor pronounced her dead right there. And the two families got together, the groom's family and the bride's family, and they decided to offer the bride's younger sister to the husband. Yeah, to the groom. And they say, considering that, you know, out in India, most of the marriages are arranged, that for us, it would seem like, wow, for them, it's no big deal because they felt like, hey, keep it in the family. So, you know, that's what they did. Now, they say that another situation where someone's aunt died during childbirth, they offered <laughs> offered to the, 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 the woman to the brother-in-law. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, because it said it needs it just like that. Well, somehow or another, they just an exchange. I, I think they kind of wrote it wrong, because I've read this thing five times. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. So in other words, they were trying to say that it's not odd for this to happen out in India. And they, when things like this happen, they just keep it moving. Now they say what really makes this weird is because they did not have a chance to take the body away. So the younger sister gets married to her sister's, you know, her dead sister's groom, and she was lying in the next room. So uh, they didn't have a whole lot of time to grieve because they were still trying to, you know, make it happen with the wedding and they were like well listen 
this is supposed to be a festive situation. So although the sister felt a little uncomfortable, the, the other two families, you know, other parts of the family, of the other two families didn't. The two sets of parents, pretty much. So one of the other sisters, because so there was at least three girls, so the sister of the one who was now getting married and the one sister to the one who was dead, she was like, I said, this is a little too much for me. <laughs> I can't see that that can't happen. It's not, I'm not comfortable. But, hey, they ain't paying her no mind. They don't pay her any mind. Well, you have this TikToker. You know, I know somebody who said that they wanted to do this, by the way. So he's 45 years old, and he says that his extended family, uh, they grew up, you know, close, but after a while, they became distant. And he said he got tired of, you know, dealing with, you know, no one connecting anymore and no one acting like anyone really existed anymore. So he decides that he's going to teach his extended family and some friends a thing or two about keeping in touch with your, the people you, you say you love. So he faked his own death. So he actually attends his funeral, and he arrives by helicopter, accompanied by a film crew, and when they kind of pay attention to the chopper, they couldn't figure out, you know, who was their filming, they see this film crew, um... You know, they're getting on their phones and, you know, they're kind of talking to people. You know, people, what, when you bust out phones at a funeral, be calling people. You don't talk to the people right there? Well, they, they find out that it's him. Now, here's the thing that I thought was kind of weird. He had a family. And the wife and the children were a part of this gag and even to the point where the daughter went on social media to make it all believable so she writes rest in peace daddy I will never stop thinking about you and she writes this right before the funeral and she then writes why is life so unfair? Why you? You were going to be a grandfather and you still had your whole life ahead of you. I love you. We love you. We will never forget you. So when they speak to him, he said, you know, I see in my family, you know, that they are distant. It hurts me. I never get invited to anything. 
So nobody gets a chance to see me. I don't get to see anyone else. You know, we grew up and fell apart. I felt so unappreciated. And that's why I wanted to give them a life lesson and show them that you shouldn't wait until someone is dead to meet up with them. So that was already interesting with that part, because, you know, Father tells us the dead knows nothing. So you ain't meeting up with nobody. Well, the, let's say the attendees were mixed. Some people were really upset and said, no wonder people don't like him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you had others who said, you know, it's a sad state of affair when people have to literally go through this in order to get, you know, some attention, you know, when you, have, when you die. And, you know, I don't blame him for, what, for why he did what he did. And I want to know what you say. Hit your girl Shanti up and let her know, you know, whether you would feel like, you know, it's justified or you feel like, yo, really, you going to play this game? So, mm, <clears throat> what else are we talking about? Well, let's stop there and talk to our due time crew. So, as always, our girl Tamika is the first one to hit the phone line. So let's say good morning to her. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. Happy Thursday. How are you today? Happy Thursday. Thank you for uh, joining me at the late hour. How are you today? All is well. Good, good, good. Well, Tamika, I'm telling all of you due time crew, I don't have a clue what we're going to talk about after this, so I'm sure you can start a uh, a, uh, a conversation. So just think about it. Just think about it. So we have this bride who dies of a heart attack at her wedding, and her sister <laughs> marries you know, they hurry up and arrange, you know, for the younger sister to marry the groom. And interestingly enough, the sister's lying right in the next room. So the other sister says, hey, you know what, this is a little too much for me. I don't feel comfortable with this thing. Well, what do you, what do you say? Yeah, not not knocking their culture because you know that is their culture. They believe in arranged marriages, um, but just looking at it from our perspective, you know, um, <laughs> I, I I just feel myself, you know, being the sister, and, and you know, first of all, I, I've just been aware that my sister expired, and I'm like, okay, say what. All right, so let's go handle the funeral. No, by the way, uh, we want you to marry her husband. What? Say what? Come again? What? You you want me to, to say? You want me to do what? You know, and so, <laughs> just the whole ideal. You know, I, I'm here to celebrate my sister and her husband. Husband, and now you're telling me that I'm the one doing it. You know, 
it's something entirely different here, you know, in the United States, because that's not something that we, you know, we are aware of. We take time to get to know the individuals. We, we often talk about those things, you know, and, you know, on our side, because of the way that we do things, um, I would probably be one of those one. no, I'm not feeling comfortable about that. You know, give me a moment to, first of all, you know, grieve my sister in the next room. You haven't given me time at all, you know, and so... Um, it's, you know, I'm hoping, you know, that everything works out with this new sister. You know, I'm also looking at it because, you know, we just got married and we know that weddings cost, you know. And so I guess the family was like, oh, no, we, we, we're not wasting this. Uh, 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 we're going to do this one-time thing. We're not waiting months later. You, you go ahead and take a place and, and, and do what needs to be done so that we don't have to, you know, I'm sure they spent a lot of money trying to get everything together. And now it's like, oh, well, okay, um, the show must go on, and we're choosing you. You know, so <laughs> that's a lot going yeah. on all at one time, a whole lot going on. Yeah, Tamika, that, uh, you cannot knock the culture. I shall. Ain't no way in the world. But again, you know, this is, this is, you know, how they live, you know, where pretty much, you know, they tell you what to do and, you know, you don't have much of a choice because things, you know, are already arranged and you just kind of go with the flow. But man, that's a hard pill to swallow when my sister's laying in the other room dead. It's different if, you know, they had, like, you know, she, she passed away and then some five minutes, you know, if, you know, I'm just saying that literally. But you have some time to, you know, absorb the death and, you know, already you haven't even had a chance to absorb death. And already you got to think about being a wife when you weren't even considering being a wife. So that's a lot Absolutely. to put on. So, yes, I'm I'm knocking them. I'm not. My you stand on the side. What? What'd you say? I said my wife was supposed to be sister-in-law. Wait a minute. <laughs> right. 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 I'm not. Because already I'm trying to absorb this death. You know, being a wife is, is a whole new life. And I don't even get a say here? Wow, yeah. I mean, you stand on the side, I'll do all the knocking. I'll do all the knocking. You ain't got to knock no more. You ain't got to knock. Stephanie will do it all. Um, now, what do you think about this guy who feels neglected and overlooked and he's not invited to anything? So he fakes his own death to see about you know, how the family is going to respond to him dying. What do you think about that one? You are an absolute genius. Um, I'm just, you know, people don't think a lot of times when they are putting a plan into effect. You don't realize that that could backfire. You know, I'm one of those people, if that has has been done to me by a family member or a so-called friend, honestly, that wouldn't be my friend anymore. You know, I, I because my thing is you deceive me. You know, here I am, heartbroken 
over the loss of this relative, you, you're trying to wake me up. There's other ways to do that, you know. Um, send a call, send a text, you know. And I understand, you know, because my family is very distant, unfortunately. We used to be very, very close, and now we're very distant, you know. But unfortunately, it is what it is. You know, you keep doing what you need to do. You know, you reach out. You know, when they don't, you do. You know, you do what needs to be done, you know. And so this, my brother, is way extreme. You know, you causing people unnecessary pain, unnecessary emotions that they, they don't have to go through, you know. And that's a really hard way to wake somebody up. And I think that's just more than, you know, than called for, more than necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, 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 girl. Well, we see that you cutting people off. Well, understandable, understandable, understandable. Let's see what your fellow do-timers think. Thank you so much for joining us this morning at the you know, at the last minute. I appreciate it. And uh, let's see what uh, our pastor Charlene has to say. You think of a topic we can talk about after this one, girl. Think about a topic we can talk about after this one. Okay, I got something in my mind, but I'll defer to you all this morning. Thank you for joining us. Oh, where's my pastor Charlene? Pastor Charlene. Good morning. How are y'all? At the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, Pastor Charlene. How are you? I've got one eye. One eye. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, what do you think about this? Your sister dies. During the wedding, and then they grab your other sister, um, to marry the groom, and your sister who's dead is mm-hmm. in the next room. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? My thought was, even though, like you said, that it's their culture. But my thought is, you don't really care about my sister. For y'all just to step mm-hmm. over her and just want to continue this wedding. Like she's not even, she's not cold, um, you know, she's not cold yet. It just happened. So she drops. We step over her, go to the next room, and then continue. What kind of feeling is that, uh, mother, father? Cousins, sisters, all of that. Then, on the other hand, is I thought about if it's me down there, and now they're going to get my sister to marry the man that I was loving. I might just want to get up. That'll make a person come back. He <laughs> 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 might want to get up. Oh my goodness gracious! Wow. Now everybody going down. Everybody going. Down. <laughs> when they see me <laughs> rise up. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, Pastor Charlie. Oh, that yeah. is so, that okay. is, yeah, that, and I I agree with you. And, you know, y'all are so accustomed to planning and arranging that, you know, that's why I said when Timothy said, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody's culture. That's all right. You stand on the side, I'll do all the knocking. Because I agree with you. <laughs> this, this is not acceptable. 
You know, I'm not. And my sister's dead, and and now I, I'm I'm shocked at her dying. But now you got me marrying somebody. Like I ain't got no feelings. I don't have to be ready. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with Tamika, except for I'm knocking. I'm knocking on the door. As a matter of fact, forget that, Tamika. I'm banging. I'm banging. I'm banging on the door. Pastor Charlotte, me and you go bang on the door. Why you no, get kick up. the door in. Kick <laughs> the door in. We ain't knocking. <laughs> Boom. Oh, my <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes. I can definitely get with the kick the door down. Kick the door in. Oh, my goodness. Now, on the flip side, you talk about you're going to get up. Here's a man who felt like he had been ignored. He wasn't, you know, appreciated, he says. You know, he was tired of everybody, you know, not inviting him to things. So you fake your own death. Is that what we do now? To get attention? You big, grown, and what? How old? Hold on, hold on. 45 years old. 45. Well, with him, I thought of me being there, and he walk in. And it's all a fake. He's going down. Now, he's the one that's going to be laid out in the next room. <laughs> oh because now you done scared everybody. You done. Um, the first thing I thought of, too, was uh, remember Medea's funeral? Uh, the family yes. funeral, the movie? Yes. And remember the yes. part when, yes. when the casket cracks open and everybody run out? <laughs> I thought yes, of that, ma'am. because when he walk in, that's what's going to happen. People going to run out. People going to have yeah. heart attacks. People, you know, it's just going to be a whole thing, you know. And then your family, yes. your immediate family is a part of this. Nah, you're yeah. going to have to go to Everybody yeah. going to have to go to jail because we're going to get you. We're going to get you. You getting got. <laughs> you try to get us to love you. No, you're going to get got. <laughs> Yeah. Tamika says, I'm no longer your friend. Are you, how do you feel about that? Are you cutting ties? Are you like, okay, you know what, I can forgive you this time. What's your feeling? Oh, no. It's over. It's over. We ain't even trying to talk. There's nothing that you can say about that because you put everybody in a situation, you know, of health. You put people in a situation of you being dishonest with us. You know, are you trying to do this? This is what we're trying to do to show people to make them love us? Nah. What's your next thing? What have you else you done? Nah. Yeah. You don't went too question. far. Makes you question, Pastor Charlotte. I'm with I'm with you and Tamika. I don't think we're gonna be friends no more. Cause see, I don't know when you're gonna be dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and you know you. what else? I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, I was saying I, I was Whoa. apologizing. I was saying too. You know, it's like when you call bluff. You know, and then the time yeah. when it really happened, nobody's gonna believe you. Right. right, right. Nobody's going right. to believe you, and nobody's going to believe right. anything that you say going forward of anything. Right, right, right. I agree. I agree. You know, this is not something that you really want to play with. So, mm, 
Let's see what your fellow due time is saying. We got Brother Al. Thank you so much for joining us. Alrighty. Let's see what Brother Al says. Good morning, Brother Al. Chop of the morning. Chop of the morning. I'm at the school. I'm at the school. We're, we're, we're just summer school kids, so I ain't too happy right now, but I'm all right. <laughs> oh. Do they work? They wouldn't be oh, here. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, you know what? We're going we, we gonna to try to lighten the load on you. We're going to try to lighten the load on you. Listen, so you have the bride. So this is your sister. Let's, let's make it your sister. Your sister has a heart attack right during the wedding ceremony, and immediately they drag the, your younger sister, and they say, all right, put that dress on her right here. They take your other sister who just died, put her in the next room, and now wedding goes on. What say Brother Al? That's, I was listening to it, and I'm like, that's absolutely insane. I like you coming in and say, I got the two C words for you. What do you mean? I want to say my condolences and congratulations. Like, what do you mean? Like, you that's, that's crazy. I'm just saying. So, you know, that's crazy. You come in there to mourn your sister. Oh, my God, you know, my sister, she's gone. And they're like, okay, cool. They, they, say, they, say, they say, cool. All right, she's gone, cool. Okay, um, sorry to hear that. All right, congratulations. Let's get married. Put this dress on. You're going to get married. That, that's insane. Yeah, that that's a that's a tad bit insensitive, you know. For whatever the reason is, you're 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 pushing this wedding as parents. Um, it, it's both parents because it, the man offered, you know, the the groom doesn't have much say because these marriages are arranged. So he got to go with the flow as well. Can you imagine that? Now I'll ask you as a man. How do you feel about that? Now, it's arranged marriage, so you ain't really slept with her or anything. You haven't gotten close to her, in other words. That, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, you haven't been intimate in that manner. Um, so I guess they figured to throw you the next sister. You know, what do you think about that? You were ready to marry Mary, and now you're not marrying Mary. You got to marry Gina. What do you think? I'm sorry. You gotta skip me for about two. You gotta skip me for about two minutes. I gotta send the kids upstairs. So right. I'll be back in like two minutes. Okay, we'll come back. All right, we'll come back. Let's talk to our girl Shanti. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Uh, that's good. I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing well. Alrighty. So you've got you you're in a situation where you have two sisters and you know, there's an arranged marriage and you know, everybody's dressed and happy for one sister and you know, that sister suddenly dies right at the wedding ceremony, right when everything is going on. And the two sets of parents go, you know, sorry. You know that that she you know expired, but you know what? When must go on? Show must go on. So they immediately throw the other sister in the wedding gown, throw the other sister into the into the other room. What's your thought? That is crazy. 
we hear about the cultures that have the arranged marriages all the time. And like Lady Tamika said, you know, each culture has, you know, things that they do and that they don't do that is very um, normal to them. Or when this culture hears something going on somewhere else, it's like, okay. But I don't think there's any culture where I would say, all right, well, that's just their culture. But she died. So there's no funeral arrangement. But <laughs> but you still figure out a way <laughs> to push this wedding. So what happens with the funeral? Do you even care to have a funeral at all? Because... It, your mind is, and it's, it's really scary when you really think about it. Because it's like, what is with the obsession of marriage? That even to the point where when this girl has died, it's still like as if she broke her ankle. And you said, well, since you can't walk down the aisle, let's just get this to, so she, because she can, she still got, she can still get on a good foot. So we just going to have her do it. Like, <laughs> as if, like, like, like this was a play, and this was the understudy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what is with the the <laughs> obsession with getting married? That even when this girl has died, it's like, oh, okay, next, let's go. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. To the degree, I agree with you. You know, with all of you. You know, it's just like, how do you just move on? I can't imagine my sister passing away right then. I've actually watched her die. So we're not even talking about you here that your sister passed away. She died right in front of you just now. And like you said, I love that, that terminology. But just as if this were an understudy, y'all just move on. You know, next. You know, who's going to fill the spot? So, you know, it, this is something really, really, you know, it's a lot to swallow. It's a lot to swallow. Um, okay. So we have this man who feels like he's not getting any attention from his family. They grew up very closely. Um, you know, not everybody's apart and they've drifted. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to teach you a lesson. Now, to add insult to injury, you have the daughter who writes the following. Hold on now. I want to make sure I quote her properly. Rest in peace, Daddy. I will never stop thinking about you. Why is life so unfair? Why you? You were going to be a grandfather, and you still had your whole life ahead of you. I love you. We love you. We will never forget you. All for a joke? I don't know. Are you there? Shanti, are you talking to the mute button? Hello? Are you talking to the mute button? Oh, okay. I think we lost Shantice. Hello? Yes? Oh, I'm, I don't know what happened. I wasn't muted. Okay. Can you hear me, Pastor Scott? Well, what do you think? I can hear you. Can you I'm hear sorry. me? Yes, I can. I'm sorry. Can you? Okay. We're going to let Shantice 
call back in. In the interim, we're going to see if Brother Allen. I'm let you know I'm back. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm back. checking to see if you were ready. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. All right, so Brother Allen, we got this situation where there's a man who's 45 years old. He's feeling rejected. He feels like, um, you know, no one is appreciating him. You know, he grew up with all his family, and, you know, they're, they were close at one point, and now no one's paying anyone any attention. And uh, he decides to fake his death. Now, the ladies have said, Pastor Charlotte and Tamika have both said, they're not friends with him anymore. Is that the way you would handle it going forward? Yeah, I'm, I'm not messing with you. You faking death and carrying on got me all sad and crying and then you alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now they're going to go from sad <laughs> to crying to me being mad. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to be mad yeah. now because you didn't you fake, you fake your death and everything. So what do you think about the daughter writing in a post and I'll read it. I just read it for Shantice. I'll read it. She says, rest in peace, Daddy. I will never stop thinking about you. Oh, why is life so unfair? Why you? You were going to be a grandfather, and you still had your whole life ahead of you. I love you. We love you. We will never forget you. Now, they were part of the joke. What do you think about her writing that? What is with the crew this morning? I'm sorry, I'm here because somebody was somebody was talking to me. I'm so sorry. Um, oh, okay. Well, the the, the the thing about it is, you got a lot of people going to jail. Number one for that, you know what I'm saying? Because the coroner, because that means the coroner, you saw the body, and God forbid if they got the insurance money, somebody going, somebody going down for this. It ain't gonna just end. Okay, I was playing, and he's going to jail too. So. So you fake your death and you're going to spend time in prison. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what kind of person do that? Like, what? I would love to hear what is your explanation for faking your death? What What was your point of doing that? Were you trying to get out of debt? Were you thought it was a joke? No. He's trying to get attention. His whole, the whole premise of oh. this year is he felt like He's 45 years old. He grew up very close with his family, and he right. said that they have all gotten older. They've drifted apart. He said they have they have events. They don't invite them. So he wanted to show them what it was like to feel ignored. Oh, so he put I got you. Where he, he, Yeah, well, that's great. Well, he's going to get a lot of attention. <laughs> he's going to get a lot of attention now because, like I said, a lot of people are going to get in trouble for that because, again, you know, going through the funeral home and, 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 and the coroner, the funeral directors, everybody getting in trouble for that. So he got the attention he wants. <laughs> I don't think he's going to like it, though, but he got it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Brother Al. We'll be back to keep, continue our conversation. Oh, we got Shanti oh, yeah. back on the line. So, Shanti, you've got the daughter who has written this this letter and post on social media. 
So what mm-hmm. do you think about the fact that he's gone this far? So not only has he gone this far, but he's come and did his family to this degree. I'm not helping you with that. Because when all of this come out, now I'm also being looked at like something wrong with me. Like I like I want attention. No. I couldn't imagine neither of my parents saying, Okay, this is what I wanna do and whether they asked me to write that post or whether I figured, Oh well, let me just help this make this seem that much more real so I'm gonna put this on social media. It's like what is what so you're no different than the people who, who lie about the celebrities who died because you want attention. It's like, why don't you all do something? Tell people about Jesus. That helps you get attention. You will be hated by many. You will be loved by some. <laughs> There's a lot of attention that comes with spreading the good news. Why don't you do that? <laughs> that, that, that oh, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Either one of my parents. And you know what's crazy? It's like like we were just talking about, and I've been um, hearing people talk, you know, about their kids, um, whether they're kid kids or adult kids, you know, quote, unquote, being disrespectful to their parents um, after their parents have said and or done some things that have seriously provoked. And, you know, we understand that regardless of the facts, you know, you're always supposed to obey your mother and your father, especially you know, with you being in Christ, that's always stressed to you. At the same time, I've been hearing some stuff, not, nothing like this, but some stuff to where these parents are really trying their kids. And then when they kids say or do something, it's like, oh, yeah, this is our fault. So it's like, so did you do this because you felt like you would be deemed disrespectful if you didn't assist them, uh, you know, assist them with, with this bogus plan? Like, this, this was... Oh. Like why are we starving for attention mm. like this? Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time uh, agreeing to this this plan. So I'm I'm with the rest of you. This this is just something that just has gone way beyond a joke. Not a joke. That's that's just stupid. That's just stupid. Right. And he's also teaching them. And I, I wanna. I want to take this as a round. He's also teaching them to be petty, you know, because nobody mm-hmm. is inviting you. I, I, I don't know. I'm just different, and, and and we can talk about this for a minute. I'm 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 very different. As a person who has had, a, I mean, a lot of events of my own, as a person who has spent three decades plus helping others plan their events. One thing I've learned is whoever is at the party is supposed to be at the party. I just don't get twisted when people don't invite me. I said, thank you for letting me stay at home. I just don't. It just doesn't affect me like that. I've got things that I can do. I've got time I can rest. I can sleep. I can keep myself busy. I can watch TV. I can listen to the radio. I can just listen to the air. I can just breathe. I just don't <laughs> have that of, uh, You know, I'm twisted when someone doesn't, you know, invite me or when people feel like, you know, or I feel like somebody is ignoring me to the degree that I'm going to want to teach you a lesson and play like and pretend like I'm dead. So, you know, I'm going to start with you, uh, Pastor Charlotte. 
you know, how do you feel about this? You know, people don't invite me, so I'm going to be angry and upset and resentful. How do you feel? Now, I'm not saying you should feel like I feel. I can tell you how I feel. Right. Now that I've grown up, (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Because, you know, when you think about it, of trying to pay for because you got to get an outfit, you got to get the shoes, you got to get the whole thing, the hair, all of that. You got to get the gift, you know what I mean? So my thing is I'm good. I don't mind staying home. I don't mind not being there because y'all ain't going to have no fun if I ain't there no way. That was in my, you know, that was always my thought. That I was the life of the party. (laughs) That I was the life of the party. There was no party if I wasn't present, you know. So that's how I used to. But now, it doesn't matter. It's okay. You don't have to invite me to no event. I'm okay with that. You know, you're not hurting my feelings. I'm like you. I have so much other things that I can be doing or do nothing. Do nothing. I, you know, I like mm-hmm. those moments, too, that I am do nothing. You know, turn the TV on, TV watching me, do nothing. And I'm okay with that. But I was also thinking, too, of a cheaper way he could have did. Just had a free party. Food and liquor, everybody's going to be your friend. How about that? <laughs> like that. <laughs> right? You got that All they right. got to do is have that. You got that right. You know what I mean? Because they're going to like you. They're going to come to your house. They're going to stay. Oh, and good music. Got to have the music, too. Good music. And you have that flowing. Everybody is your friend. So if you need to do that, and it would have came out cheaper. It would have came out much cheaper. Yeah. So, you know, it's just the person, it's the person within them of what they're missing in their own self. And that's what all of this is about. It's not really about the people. It's about the lacking inside your own self. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Where's Brother Al? Brother Al, are you invited when you're not, are you upset when you're not invited to the party? Well, you know, it's so funny. For me, no, because it really depends on the person's, you know, how the person is. You know, the person's an outgoing person, you know, like like Linda, like Pastor Shaw. You know, I, I hear her up there, but Pastor Shaw going to scare people into inviting her. Well, we don't invite Pastor Shaw, it's going to be a situation. <laughs> so, so, I'm just saying. But, um, you know, one of the things he should have did was check himself and say, why am I not being invited to these things? What am I doing that people don't want me around? That's what he did, should have did from the beginning is to see why. Because obviously you're doing something that people don't like, and they say, nah, don't invite him. He's going to come here and show out. Let him stay home. So that's the first thing you should have did, find out why am I not being invited. You know, that, that's crazy. So, I mean, for me, though, I mean, like, you invite me or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, once upon a time, I would be low-key feeling some type of way. And a couple of things <laughs> crossed my mind. One, one was I realized that when people ask me to go somewhere, real quick, I start calculating how many naps I got to take before I even start getting ready. <laughs> and that just makes me mad. And then it's like, so today is Thursday. Don't be asking me to go nowhere Monday. That's too soon. That's too soon. I ain't got enough time <laughs> to to think about. And it's like like I'm really 
Like, I'm not even saying this is be funny. Like, I really be like, nah, because, okay, so you ask me Monday. Sunday is the day I don't like to do nothing but lay in the bed. So that day really don't count. But then Monday, I got to get up for the show. And I really got to be attentive. I got to switch. That's just too much. It's too much, right? And then the second thing is I realized, I don't really like you all that much. So why am I feeling the type of way that I ain't invited when I probably don't even want to talk to you on the phone? So now I'm supposed to be face-to-face with you? You know, because it's, it's like, because the people who I'm, like, really, really in cahoots with, we don't really have to invite each other. You know how, like, when you realize you're that tight with people that you end up inviting yourself to things, like, they're like, oh, I'm going to the store. Next thing you know, you just walk into the store with them. So you don't need an invitation. So the people who invite me, that already says to me, we ain't all that tight anyway. So I'm good. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm with you, Pastor. It is, I, listen, God has made sure that I am not bored. Okay, there's a whole lot I got to do. I'm still catching up on naps that I neglected in my 20s. So I don't be feeling no kind of way. It, I am fine. I will survive. I have not died from sleep deprivation because no one has invited me anywhere. And when you really look at when God gives you an inside view to a lot of people's lives around you, you don't even want to be invited to half the stuff that people, mm-hmm. you know, got, got going on. It's you know true. what I'm saying? It's like. Like nah, you know, if you, you see you see it on on their um, Instagram stories or whatever, and it's like, I know the E True Hollywood stories. You ain't got no business there doing that right now. So I'm good. No, no, no. I, so I, I'm I'm fine. You ain't got to invite me anywhere. Okay, okay, okay. I got another question that that brings me to another question, but I want to f- complete this round. So my girl Tamika. How do you feel about not being invited? Are you kind of twisted? You're feeling like out of the way. Nobody loves me. I need to pretend like I'm dead. What do you do? Not at all. (laughs) I mean, honestly, not at all. I love my family. I love my friends, you know, but a lot of times, the majority of my family is not even in the state that I live in, so I've got to travel. You know, so then that puts me at, okay, I gotta, I, I have to organize my funds and see if I have enough, make sure that everything that is at home taken care of. And a lot of times I go all the way over there and it's like I wasn't even there anyway, you know, or, you know, like I, I made all this big fuss for you, you know, and then when there's something that happens for me, it's like, eh, eh. Well, oh, it's 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 a lot of money, or oh, it's this, or oh, it's that, and I'm like, wait a minute, I just spent such and such, uh, you know. So it kind of makes me feel like I'm getting the raw end of the stick after I went all the way over there. And then a lot of times when I get there, wow. I'm like, you know, I could have stayed at home. I don't feel appreciated. I don't mm-hmm. feel like you know you could care less when I get there, you know. So. Honestly, I, I've gotten to the point where it's like, you know, there, there's there's this phrase, I, I'm people out. You know, I, I, I done people enough. I done, I done done what I needed to do. I done partied enough. I done celebrated enough. I'm people out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's funny that you should say that because as Shantice was talking, one of, one of the things I said I want to ask you all is, what's not fun anymore? At one point it was fun. You were going to make sure you know, you were there for or you want to make sure you were a part of. But now, 
Shatik knows my tagline. And I'll share my tagline later. But it's like, that's just not fun anymore. And, and I'll start with you, Shanti. No, wait. Where's Brother Al? Brother Al, I'll start with you. What's not fun anymore? What used to be a lot of fun for you, and you wanted to be a part of it. Wow, man. This, uh, well, for me, it was fun at the, at the point because um, I was always kind of the life of the party. You know, the party didn't start to, to Brother Al got there. You know what I'm saying? So I was looking forward to seeing people, making people laugh, and, you know, and, and you know, having the little drinks and stuff like that. And, like, now it's just like, ah. you know, I look at people, they be at the party, they get torn drunk, they look stupid. I'm like, wow, do I look stupid like that too? <laughs> you know? And I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and, and, you, and, and, just, and just the whole atmosphere, you know, the, I, I, would, I remember sitting, just sitting back watching people, and I'm just like, Wow, this person here, this person trying to talk to this person. It's, it's just the whole atmosphere was a turn off now. Like, wow, okay, wow, I, I really used to enjoy that, huh? Oh, well, thank the good Lord, thank the good Lord. So it's just not fun like that no more. Okay, okay. Shanti, what's just not fun anymore? I can't believe I really used to like that, but it's, it's fun. Oh, I can't believe it. And so many things, but I can't believe I used to like drinking and then going out in the public the way I used to. Like, it, I don't, I don't remember at what point I used. I don't remember at what point there was a shift because it started with I would only drink if the plans were for us to be inside. What happened? I, no, I do remember what happened. I stopped, I didn't have to be the designated driver one night, and it was all downhill from there. That's what happened. And it's like now wow, when I wow. look at other people, or even yeah, I, I don't I don't remember if my best friend had to take antibiotics. I don't remember because she was always drunk, always drunk. So even if I wanted to get drunk out, I couldn't because it's like somebody got to be coherent enough to get us home and make sure that nobody still one of us. So, yeah, I think one night she didn't drink, and then it was just downhill from there. It was like when I even – forget looking at other people. When I think about all the the times and it led to me talking to coach and the coach check room, see, all that, like, that, that, that was that, – that's when I get to you, Pastor. This was fun. I'm talking to the sleeve oh of God. the coach in the coach check room. See what I'm talking about? No. Yeah, so when I think about stuff like that, it's like that – I could never, I don't see myself <laughs> thinking ever again, like, this is fun, this is a plan to now drink and go out into the public because you don't have the control that you really try to tell yourself. And you want to make yourself laugh, talk to yourself while you're drunk and tell yourself you got control and then wake up the next day and hear how out of control you were. Because the more you try to have control as you're drunk, the less control you have. As a girl. Wow. Wow. Gosh, I'm so trying to figure out where you get that from. I was like, yo, wow. From a mother who just never drank. Like, wow. Well, all right. Jamaica, what is like, I used to, 
I used to like that. I used to think that was fun. What you got? Watching the entire family act a entire fool. Like, I can't even. <laughs> like, <laughs> I came all the way from New York City to wherever to watch this chaos, to watch this utter, like, buffoonery. Like, really? And, and I, I'm i going to stay, you know, a week or so to watch you continue to act a fool. And I mean, it's one thing to laugh and, you know, and, and giggle over family, you know, stuff that happened in the past. Okay, fine, we get that. But then there's the other shenanigans that you didn't plan for. You know, family members that you haven't seen for a while. And you know they're going to cut up. You know that as soon as you see Aunt Mamie, you know she's going to say the wrong thing. And it's going to cause the whole entire, you know, scenario to be a totally different thing. And I'm going, I used to like that. Nah, I'm not going to be a part of of that. I'm not even volunteering. Y'all do what it is that y'all do. And, you know, know, I'll see it on the pictures. I'll see it on Facebook. I'll see it on some other, you know, media. Because, you know, as we are now, you know, we are a social media-driven world. So, I'll figure out about it eventually. Either somebody's going to tell me or I'm going to see it posted somewhere. <laughs> I'll see it posted somewhere. Oh, my goodness gracious. Pastor Sean, were you talking to the sleeve in the coat room, too? <laughs> well, you know I talk to everybody. <laughs> oh, so I just want to say this first. Pastor Steph, hold your head, because I already know you're shaking your head. Mine is my red cup. <laughs> so hold your head. <laughs> I know that's right. You know how y'all be sitting in that mojo shaking my head. Well, here we go. Yes. <laughs> I definitely did wow. the same thing. Mine was drinking. Mine was giving up that red cup because the red cup is inside, outside, down the street. You can take her wherever you're going. Full. <laughs> and yes, I talked to. <laughs> and yes, I talked to everybody. I was the one, like Brother Al said, the life of the party. And those that are sitting around, I'm gonna go pull you up. Come on, let's dance. Come on, you know, have conversation, make people laugh, you know, so y'all can imagine. I'm sober now, and y'all see how I act sober, so you can imagine when I was out there. (laughs) Huh? Wow, yes. No, I agree. I agree. (laughs) I agree. With a sober mind, you have to tolerate the whole (laughs) wedding reception, so I can only imagine what what your former life was like. Let me tell you, it'd be so bad. I would talk to to the bums on the corner. Mm-hmm. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> we go over there and have conversation. I talk to everybody, and I'm still like that. I talk to everybody, you know, um, and I'm always looking for that person that is in the corner, you know, and nobody's socializing with them. I'm that one. I'm going to go over there. I'll be the her and go over there and speak to that person, you know, and have a conversation with them and start introducing them to people and 
you know, that was always me. But my red cup, that was my bag that you can't stand. (laughs) (laughs) That was my thing. You know, I don't, um, I'm listening to, I'm listening to, to, especially you and Shantice, um, Pastor Charlotte, and, you know, I don't, I'm I'm trying to think, I'm like, what do you think, you know, was fun? Like, I love that. And now it's like, "Mm, I could do without that. Because oh, I was never really a part, even a person who liked to go to parties like that. You know, when I was younger in high school, you know, when there was always a party, um, I did like to go. But, again, I wasn't the type that drank or anything like that. I just liked to go and dance or whatever. But I know, you know my tagline is, now, that's fun. You know, I, I too, would watch, like Tamika, you know, I'd watch the transformation take place, you know, right in front of your eyes. You watch when everybody gets there, and then after a while, you got a whole new cast in the same clothes, but they're just new people. And, like, and that's <laughs> fun, you know, you know to to wake up the next day and people say, oh, you know, you start telling people what they did or what they said, and they're like, I did that. And I said to myself, right, well, this is fun. You, you actually going back and drinking again? That was fun, because you're not going to tell the me next I'm time comfortable. It's always supposed to be different, Pastor Seth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clearly so, because I can <laughs> never imagine. You know how this is? How this is fun? You know you enjoy that. I can't imagine being in a frame of mind where I can't remember what I did. That thought was always disturbing to me. I don't know about y'all, but just the thought of, I actually could wake up the next day and there would be a whole part of the day before that I didn't remember. Oh, no. So, you know, it it just amazed me how, yes. No, I was, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I was might have was drinking, but everybody has something. Right, that no, they... I, that's what I'm saying. I, I can't think of. I can't think of. I'm thinking as y'all were talking. I'm thinking. I'm like, what can I say? You used to like that. I'm, I was. I'm trying to think, and I'm sure there's something. But when I listen to all y'all stories, I'm like, well, dang, my story must be real, real boring, because I can't think of nothing. And I'm sure because God delivers all of us from something. Some part of our life that we're like, ooh, I'm glad I don't do that no more. And I'm trying to think. I'm trying to really think. And that that does not imply or, you know, infer that I'm perfect. I'm just trying to think what I could say that would be interesting for y'all to listen to. Because everybody's like, that's it. That was fun. (laughs) And I'm like, I ain't ain't got nothing to talk about. But, you know, when, when I think about you know, the stuff that, you know, again, your former life and, and the things that, you know, you used to do, um, you know, it, it's like you, you you shake your head. You shake your head and you're like thanking God for deliverance because Amen. you really, you know, like I said, I don't have those stories, but I know God has rescued me and delivered me from some things and it's like, well, thank you, God. I don't, 
think like that no more. I don't live like that anymore. You know, I just don't do those things anymore, you know. But, you know, my life was boring in compared to Shanti. Forget about you, Pastor Charlotte. I can't even hold the candle to Shanti. She didn't live for me at all. So I don't know. I don't don't do it on Fergus. No. I'm still trying to figure out how she got there, y'all. I'm still trying to figure out how she got there. How, you know, let me ask you something, Pastor Charlotte. You know, was there an influence around you that, like, this was something that was done around you and you were like, you know what, how did you, how did you get to that point? Everybody in my family is a drunk. My mama's side, my daddy's side. <laughs> my mother only, <laughs> my mother was a wine drinker, but she said, I didn't, I don't get drunk. I get high. So she was mad, but the rest of my family, listen, they're all them alcoholics and, you know, but back then they didn't call them alcoholics. They just had parties, right. like I said, and. Everybody just went, and, you know, and it was flowing the liquor in everybody's house. You know, the first thing that, you know, we'll ask people, oh, would you like something to drink? And we're talking about water, soda. No, that's not what they did. You want something to drink? You know, everybody had a little set bar. So I got that from them, you know. Um, and okay. it's so funny because one of my cousins, right, she's an apostle, and she always tell that story of how I was the one that okay. had her to start to drink, you know. Um, but that's where it oh. came from. It just came from my family. Yeah. We alcoholics okay. over there. But I thank God for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I do thank God Because right about now, I don't know where I'd be. <laughs> wow, wow. You know, Pastor Charlene, I remember growing up, and that was the thing, like you said, you know, nobody looked at anybody as alcoholics per se. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, you know, um, seeing people like that. And you just ever thought of them now. You know, the things that, that the, the awareness we have now and the things we, you know, uh, uh, the way we look at things now are much different than years ago. And, you know, when you use that word, you know, even now, Pastor Charlotte, there are people that just like mm-hmm. cringe. And like, oh, you know, it is, it, oh, that's such a harsh word. It is what it is. I mean, what do you, what do you want? You know, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's either you are or you, you're not. And, you know, it, it, we got to face reality. You know, that's what it was. And like you said, we didn't call it because it was such a norm. For some people back right. then, and, and you know, you think about it, you know, the way you think about it now, or when you understand the definition of it now, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you just don't compare it to, you know, um, you know, something that you dismissed years ago. You're like, wow, those people are alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Wow, right? Because so, when I'm sorry, you know, again, when you look back. 
I'm yeah. sorry. I just wanted to say this piece. When you look back, right, yeah. and you see it, now you see the dysfunction. When you're in it, you don't. Because right. look at here. When you wake up the next day and they be like, oh, I got a hangover, what they do? They get another drink to take the hangover away. Yeah. And that's what you do. Yeah. And that be that was the yeah. norm, you know, right? So I just wanted to share that. I, didn't know. Know. I thank God for deliverance. I thank God for deliverance. Thank you, amen. 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 <laughs> amen. Amen. You would say something, Shachi? Oh no, and Pastor Charlene said they, they got they took another drink to get the hangover. I just got drunk all over again. I couldn't do the shot. I've heard people say that before. Mm-hmm. Like, oh I had a hangover, so you know, I may take a shot or another drink the next morning or early next day to kinda get it was just like no, and I remember the very first time I got, like, drunk, and I woke up and I said, I would never drink again. And someone said to me, that's what all alcoholics say, and I just laughed. And when I think back now, like, that was just the beginning of the strings of drunk days, no tipsy, mm. no nothing. That's why it's like, that's why when I hear people talk about, oh, the Bible says you can get um, you can drink but not get drunk. I I despise that saying so much because it's like y'all don't even understand how y'all lie. Y'all talk yourself into this lie and y'all talk yourself into that hole that you're about to fall in. And you keep you keep telling yourself that, and then next thing you know, you wake up with a, a hospital bracelet on and you don't know where your car is because you drunk not to get drunk. Mm-hmm. Like you just lied to mm. like, I agree. I hate that thing. Oh. I hate it. Like, it's like I want to slap him with a Bible. Like, shut up. Who told you that? Because the Bible didn't tell you that. Mm. Stop it. Mm. You know, I, I still ask, where was I? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out, do time crew, where was I? I'm like, well, where, where was I? You know, I remember my sister said, girl, you're going to sleep your life away. I remember she's always saying it to me because I love, always love to sleep, but I wasn't sleeping like that. Goodness gracious. But, again, you know, people use these things as an excuse, you know, to justify what they want to do. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. you know, it's, Again, thank God for Jesus. Regardless of what your crutch, you know, or your device was, or your vice was, you know, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he is a deliverer, regardless of what you went through. And what you mm-hmm. saw as enjoyable or fun, you know, um, that could have taken you down. But thank God for Jesus, right? Thank God for Jesus. My due time crew, you never, ever, ever fail me. We always got a conversation uh, regardless of what the topic is. We were supposed to have a guest today, and um, it went a little sideways. So I thank you for just being on point and jumping on in and helping a sister out. And thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. And I pray you have a blessed day. You too, Pastor. Thank you. You too. You all do the thank same. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what time of the morning it is. 
and we're definitely, uh, although we're without a pray for them, we have a pray for them. Oh, let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we are here before you. We present ourselves before you, dear Heavenly Father, grateful. Grateful for all that you have done in our life. Thank you for the things we remember, the things we forgot, things that we knew nothing about. Thank you for just delivering us over and over, rescuing us over and over, covering us over and over and over again, where we are here now to tell the story. We thank you for the transparency of your crew, and we pray, God, that it helps to deliver other people, just one other person who is sitting by not seeing themselves for who they really are, brushing things off, dismissing things, dismissing a mindset, whatever it is, dear Heavenly Father, but the openness helps to, you know, a person focus, reassess, and assess, reassess, and assess, helps to drive a person to you, God. If you can do it for them, God, I know you could do it for me. And we're thanking you, God, if one person a week says that, based on what your people have revealed on your show. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for our lives. We thank you for our families' lives. God, you know how it could have gone in another direction, but God, but you, but you had a different answer. You had a different plan. You had a different say-so. We count it all joy now to Heavenly Father that we can actually look back and and smile and laugh and knowing that you and only you brought us through. Only you and only you alone brought our families through. And you can do it again and again. We thank you that we just look back and we can consider this our former life. What a blessing. What a blessing it is that because of your son, we can say we're no longer in this way of living. So we want to say thank you one more time because you never fail us. You never sleep nor slumber. You're always on the job. You always have your finger on the pulse of our life. Thank you. Thank you. No matter how small, no matter how big, because our ways are not your ways. Our thoughts are not your thoughts. Your thoughts and ways are higher. And the things that we dismiss, the things that we make light of, that's not on the same level as what you see, as what you know. Your rating system is different from ours. But we're here today to give you the glory and the honor for all that you do. God, we're even going to thank you for having peace when we're alone. 
because as we went over the story, someone actually went to great length to prove something to people. And, and I'm grateful, God, that we're not there. Only because of you, we're not there. Only because of you, we value that alone time. And we're not twisted and all upset, you know, like this individual was. When we compare ourselves to other people who are really going through God, we can really see how great, big, and wonderful you are because you rescued us from even being in that zone. So here he's pretending he's dead because he wants attention. But we give you thanks that we're alive. And like Shanti said, you know, talk talk about talk about the good news. You know, we wanna we wanna get attention, we wanna, you know, be in the midst. Talk about Jesus. I thank you for that opportunity. I thank you that you snatched our lives where we're not at that point that we feel we've got to do things like that. Now, how many people have we lost? Mm, it may not be worth it at the end of the day. But we are grateful that we have a friend named Jesus. Oh, and if nobody pays me any attention, thank you for Jesus. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. That even if we get a little lonely at times, and even if we wish we had a little company at times, and even if we wish we were just out in the mix at times, that your spirit is so filling and fulfilling that we don't have an opportunity to get to that point. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your son who died for such a time as this because you knew that we could be feeling that, that we could be thinking that, but you said, no, not mine. And I'm grateful because you consider me family. I thank you because you consider the listeners and the due time listeners and the due time crew members yours. So we don't have that story to tell. So we got to pretend we're dead in order to get attention. You're such a wonderful and marvelous God. Mm, we just don't anticipate what you do, what they can do, how you pay attention. We love you. We love you, God, and we rejoice in who you are. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm. Aren't you glad you know Jesus? Mm. Aren't you glad that Jesus speaks to your heart 
aren't you glad that there's that constant conversation that goes on and, and you can feel that constant conversation going on and you can hear that constant conversation going on that even if you're in a room all alone, you feel and hear Jesus. If you're in a room filled with people, you can feel and hear Jesus. How how beautiful, wonderful, and glorious it is. You know, I couldn't figure out that, you know, which, which particular part of my life. You know, I said, that, that was fun. And I want to say this. I want to say, and you thought sin was fun? Any level of sin. Any level of sin that it was fun not to have accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. You know, a lot of times I say, what were you waiting for, girl? What were you waiting for? And I give God thanks because I don't know sin like that anymore. That although I didn't put the liquor to my mouth or the drugs in me or smoking or whatever, sin, sin, I was allowing sin inside. Regardless of what kind of sin. Children, I wasn't married or after I was separated, you're still married, so you're still sinful. I say, although I couldn't put my finger on anything, I'm just going to throw sin in the box. I'm going to put sin in that, in that blank, on that line. You know, you, it was fun to be sinful. And I just give God thanks that he gave me a chance. I give God thanks that he just said, you know what, Stephanie, I'm just going to wait this out. Because I know when you come to me, can't nobody say nothing to you. And I guess that's why I am where I am. You can't talk to me about being sinful. You can't talk to me about doing things against God and it's okay. You can't talk to me when I read something in the word of the of the Lord and I make excuses or I dismiss things or you know, sometimes later I'll I'll jump on it because I, I look at what God did for Stephanie. I look at the fact that I was thirty five before I finally said yes to him. And he didn't have to wait it out. So I'm supposed to give God thanks for waiting it out for 35 years and then I'm uh, I'm going to make him wait for me to be obedient, to be further obedient when I've already claimed that I am his doesn't miss the Stephanie. 
when I read it and I see it, I'm not messing with it. Because I think about how you waited for me for 35 years, and I'm just going to assume that you're going to wait again. Because if you if you decide to close my eyes and I'm still on the side of sin, I may not make it in. And when the Bible tells me that the righteous shall scarcely make it in, I ain't, and that's all right. Because, again, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And when we, and I, I, I always tell the congregation, stop that self-assessing. <laughs> it don't work. Because, see, nobody wants to think that they're that bad. Nobody wants to think that, you know, God is not happy because I'm doing, you know, 85% correct. Because last I saw in the word of God, 99 and a half just won't do He's expecting you to go for that 100. Now, whether we get there or not is one thing, but does that mean that I shouldn't be aiming for that? Am I going to sit back on my 85% and cross my legs and go, listen, 85% is about as good as it's going to get? No. I owe it to him that if you waited for my 35 years when I knew better, when I had heard about you, when I had read about you, when I was taught about you, that I decided to drag my feet to get there. You waited for me patiently. I am about to let you or ask you or expect you to wait some more. It is my job. It is my duty to you that when I read your word, whatever it tells me to do, whether I'm comfortable, uncomfortable, if I've done it since the day I was one year old, up all up till now, too much is given, much is required. See, I can't go with part of your word. I can't go with, you know, I'm going to be obedient over here, but I can't be obedient over there. Because I remember you waited 35 years. And I remember that even after 35, you were still waiting for me to get it together. So even 35 years wasn't the end of the wait. That I still had you waiting after 35 years because I was just still trying to get it together. I was still trying to, you know, uh, absorb what obedience was. And I was still trying to work this thing out in my head and in, in my mind, oh, my heart, my spirit, my fingers, my toes. You were still waiting even after baptism. <laughs> And I should expect you to wait some more. I don't think so. It's about that time I get it together. Because, see, I don't know when my last day is. And I'm not about to run the risk that you close my eyes on any level of sin. Join me. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Duke Time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. 
Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your life in the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares our life with its Freestyle Friday. Until then, I love you. Thank you.